What's up, everybody? I just wanted to hop up here for a second, do a little intro before we get into the episode with Mark Hunter from Chimera. I gotta say right off the bat, this was one of my favorite episodes. I'm so stoked for this episode. So thank you guys so much for listening. If you got a minute, maybe check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash the Spookhouse podcast. Got all sorts of cool swag and shit up there. So yeah, if you want to sign up, it helps out the podcast. But if not, that's cool too. Maybe leave a five-star review on iTunes. Helps me uh, get the Spookhouse name out there. It helps out with the algorithm. So positive reviews are always appreciated. And I do want to apologize. I feel like I'm always apologizing for the audio. I always fuck up something. I'm sorry. But I did not have my mic set up. This was the first Zoom interview I've ever done. So for some reason, I just used my laptop's microphone. I don't know why. So that's kind of why it sounds like I'm in a gas station bathroom at times. So apologies for that. Maybe you wouldn't even notice, but I just said something. So now you are going to notice. But either way... I. I think you can live with it. It sounds sounds good. Mark sounds great. He was a great interview. Just a cool-ass dude. So thank you, Mark, for doing the podcast. All right, let's get this shit going. Be one of us. He said, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just going to bash you. No running in the hallway. Hunter, thanks for joining the Spook House, man. It is a pleasure to have you here. Hey, it's a pl- it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me out. It's a uh, sounds like it's going to be a cool thing to uh, discuss some of yeah, my man. favorite stuff. Hopefully. So yeah, you were just telling me that you have a another interview with Rob Flynn of Machine Head later. I mean, yeah. I'm Rob Flynn, but you know the Spook House is climbing. We're going to get to that level. <laughs> Honestly, I love talking way more about horror movies than I do music, but I love Rob Flynn. So this oh, is, yeah. it's not that it's not, a, it, we can't say it's on par, but oh, I know sure, that the conversation sure. will be at least on par. So sure. we're talking about, that? we're talking about love. We're, we're both talking about the same kind of stuff that we love. So it'll be great. What what, what was that, uh, Have Philip? Have you done Rob Flynn's podcast yet? No, this will be my first time. So okay, I'm excited. I actually just started listening to it um, earlier this week. It's pretty damn good so yeah it's cool yeah how uh i always enjoy a podcast that'll go in depth with the artists right you really get to have those deep dives it's it's definitely worth it uh, worth your time right especially if you're a fan of those groups but i've just known him for a long time um we both uh toured together and um we just both celebrated our debut album pass out of existence came out 19 years ago october 2nd and that was the same day Supercharger was released by Machine Head. Nice. And we both uh, went to the store together and bought each other's albums respectively. So that was really cool. That's fucking cool. So yeah, um, 
for all the Spook House listeners, why don't you give them a background like who Chimera was? And, sure. Yeah, yeah. And what what we might be considered t- today? <laughs> um, yeah, man, absolutely. Yeah, so uh, yeah, brief brief background it was the singer and uh, song one of the songwriters for the band uh, Chimera, and we were a Cleveland metal band that a a Chimera is a mythological creature that's several different animals forming one monster, and that's kind of how we took our approach with music. We were a hybrid, right? In modern medicinal terms, a chimeric medicine is animal and human protein. It's a hybrid. So our styles were a hybrid, industrial metal, death metal, thrash metal, groove metal, new metal. We kind of combined it all because we were fans of it all. Mm-hmm. So that's where the name came from. And, you know, we did a lot of tours uh, with a lot of classic metal bands. Slayer uh, was one of our our first. And the band broke up in 2014 but then kind of reunited in 2017 for a show. And then we were like, well, maybe we'll do that again. But then we're like, eh, no one was really feeling it. <laughs> so, but then we're like, well, maybe we'll do it again. And then we're like, well, COVID happened. So then no one's really feeling it. So now I just uh, perform little mini concerts on Twitch, which I just started. So I'll at least uh, be able to stay somewhat in practice in the event that I jump into the Chimera world or music in general. But uh, yeah, I hope that it was a long story short, like we're a metal band. Yeah, man. No, very, very well said. Um, I was in a metal band, man. We we wrote some riffs and yeah, brother. <laughs> yeah, brother. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, well, I guess I'll say this up front. Like, like I'm still a Chimera fan, but I mean, there was a couple years there where, I mean, it was like Slipknot, Chimera. It was like my shit. So awesome, man. Well, I'm glad that that you liked us that much and that we were able to be a soundtrack to some of your life. I appreciate yeah, that. Man, I, I caught God, uh, at least six shows back in the day, like all the way back from like 2003 to, to 2006. I caught a lot of shows in that era. But, um, awesome. Well, that's the, that's one of the primes, right? I feel like the band had like two like peak eras and that's definitely one of them and then i think like towards the end we were we were definitely having like the biggest point of our career when we ended which is yeah cool (laughs) (laughs) yeah i did i can say i caught all three drummers andals ricky and kevin so i saw well we had four so you did missed austin yeah yeah. look at me okay no 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 you're fine but austin like thinking about this like our last drummer was uh, Austin Diamond. He plays for Devil Driver now. And uh, I just think about that because uh, as a vocalist, I didn't really like, you know, grow up practicing like a whole bunch of different styles. I was more into playing guitar and drums. Yeah. And yesterday I sat down and tried to on Twitch and try to sing some Wu-Tang stuff. Right. And I'm like, okay, I got, I got Riz's flow down. Then I'm like, I've got inspected decks flow down. And then Method Man comes on. And it's like total different ball game. <laughs> so I've got a, I, in this song, just one song, I have to learn three different styles of, of rhythmic cadence and the way they enunciate words and every little accent and every little, uh, 
just nuance in their voices are completely different. So then I think about myself, I think about Austin as a drummer for Chimera. He had to do that and articulate Andals. He had to articulate Kevin. Yeah. uh, He also articulated on one album, Age of Hell, we had uh, our producer actually played the drums, Ben Shiggle. So he had to articulate three drummers and then also be himself and, uh, you know, create his own music with our band. So I just think of that as like, wow, what a talented drummer Austin is to be able to do that. Because I just know just from messing around yesterday as a terrible example, uh, it's not easy. It's not easy to just pick up somebody else's style and go with it and go with it so well that the fans are happy. So I give, I give Austin so much credit as being one of the best drummers in metal and definitely probably the most underrated one right now. Cause He's also doing that with Devil Driver. He's yeah. got to pick up old Devil Driver drummer. So now we're talking about four drummers he's able to emulate yeah. to a T and be himself. So that's awesome. Yeah. And speaking of, Devil Driver's new album just came out um, this week, I believe. That yes, was, you're correct. I've heard a few songs. It's fucking killer. So. I haven't been able to check it out yet, but I plan to because I always want to hear what uh, Austin is up to, right? I like to uh, support my uh, friend there. And of course, you know, Devil Driver is a long, long classic band. And you always want to hear what uh, what people are still doing in music and metal. Yeah. So I just ha- I haven't had the time to do it yet. Well, I haven't made the time, I should say. Yeah. And Des was just on Flynn's podcast recently. That was a good interact. You ever get a chance to listen to it? Cool. Um, all right. Well, let's talk about some horror movies. Man, you you had me at horror movies. <laughs> Have you ever done a horror podcast? Um, no, but the closest thing I've done is uh when I was on Doc Coyle's podcast, the X-Man podcast. I've done that a few times and the last time I was on it, we actually spent the entire podcast intentionally talking about action movies. I heard so that. not horror, yeah, not horror movies, but action movies. Yeah, and, that's that a good one. Yeah, I think I threw a maybe I say the closest we got to horror and that was the movie The Night Comes for Us and it's not a horror movie but it's a uh, martial arts film that that borders horror in the sense that it's just as gory as Evil Dead if not more oh, wow. like Evil Dead the series right like remember how crazy that just got Ash vs Evil Dead or whatever it was um it's very gory but it's a martial arts film but they're like you know hacking bodies and it's nuts um but yeah so no I'm a virgin Yeah um yeah I, I heard that podcast and I made a mental note to check out that movie. So I'll definitely have to do that now. Yeah, do it. It's on Netflix. It's, oh, you know, okay. you'll have a good time. If you've ever seen the raid and uh, so imagine the raid meets evil dead, but not zombies. It's just brutal, brutal Sweet. movie. You have a good time. Yeah. I was a bit surprised to learn that you've never done a horror podcast because as far back as I remember, you've always been pretty vocal about horror and I just figured it would have happened at some point. I'll fully admit to being an introvert and kind of staying out of the limelight the past few years once podcasts have become a thing. I'm also, you know, not necessarily if you're not making your putting yourself out there or making it known that you're going to be kind of doing these things, then the idea doesn't spark, you know. So however the idea sparked for you, maybe you're saying, oh, it looks like Mark's being more active or he's being online or he's doing interviews and stuff. So it kind of sparks the idea for people and then it starts more stuff starts to happen. I'd love to do more horror podcasts. The closest thing I did was uh, I briefly did a tried a YouTube review show last year, um, but wound up getting too busy to complete continue it. But 
and dude, YouTube's such a hard game. Like I got in, I was like trying to jump into the the party after everyone's drunk and you're like, Oh, well I'm here. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. uh, I, I felt like way too late to the boat on that. But, um, you know, it taught, definitely talked about horror movies there quite a bit. So, but as far as being a guest on stuff and getting to talk, no, I enjoy the, well, how about I just, we start talking about it instead of talking, me sure. not ever talking about him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we're almost like mid October right now. Yeah. What are the movies, you know, once that first cool breeze hits and you get the autumn vibes, what do you like to throw on to kind of get you in the spirit? So we are pretty consistent with watching a horror movie every single day of October. Okay. Man, and I'm like, I'm always foaming at the mouth by like the second to last week of September. Like, yeah. You know, I'll f- shit. We already hit Nightmare on Elm Street because it was like, nah, I can't wait. Let's just throw it on, you know. Okay. Um, but the ver- the staples I, I I religiously do and my ritual for as long as I remember, I always watched Halloween, the original on Halloween. Like that's just kind of what I do. Um, yeah. I save that one for that. But every year I try to make it different. So last year, uh, I pretty much make it known on my Facebook. I know that's the boomer site to learn all that stuff, but I get the most <laughs> traction from that. Cause I'm a, I'm a boomer. Uh, so uh, I'm not, but you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm like, how old is that singer? Is he in his sixties? Uh, so um, yeah, I basically enjoy, uh, yeah, it's so tough when, you know, now we're in this era where not, not a lot of new content is coming out. So I'm trying to find like stuff I've missed, you know, that maybe went under the radar. So this year, uh, I guess the new one that I discovered was cabin in the woods. So that was a couple of days ago. We checked that out Good one. and I, yeah, it was pretty interesting. I stayed away from it because first off the name is just generic as hell. Then second, the artwork for it was really generic. Yeah. And then you read the description and it's like a group of teens go to a cabin and like bad things happen. You're like, right. well, why the hell am I going to watch this movie? I've seen Evil Dead. It, yeah. You know, I never watched the trailer. I didn't know anything about it. So long story short, you know, the past year or so, I've seen quite a pe- quite a lot of people mention it. And then, you know, you, you keep seeing it pop up in your suggestions and prime or whatever. They're like well, this algorithm is pretty on point. You know, they got, they got over the top in here. They got no holds barred. They got, uh, you know, uh, the beast master. They know me. They know me. Why do they keep putting cabin in the woods in here? So I'm like, let's just fucking do it. Mm -hmm. Went in cold and, uh, they intentionally do this where they throw you off right in the beginning of the movie. They're like, they dump you in this, like, what am I watching kind of scenario? And I had to go back. And I'm like, I asked Lauren, my girlfriend, I'm like, do you know what the hell's happening? She's like, no. So we went back and started it over, like after two or three minutes and put the subtitles on. I'm like, this is going to be important, right? Of course, yeah, it, yeah. it isn't. It, it doesn't wind up being important at all, but it's funny. But now I understand the beauty behind the title being generic, behind the artwork being generic, and behind the description being generic. So yeah. that's all I'm going to say for those that haven't seen it to keep it spoiler free, but go in cold and just have fun with it. Because at the end of the day, it was a lot of fun. What piqued my interest besides the algorithm persistently pushing me um, was Chris Hemsworth in a horror comedy. Okay. You, you got me because Chris yeah. Hemsworth is funny. He's he is. really funny. And 
I was just talking with my buddy about the uh, vacation uh, reboot, revisit, whatever you want to call it, remake. Never saw uh, it. Oh, man. Was that with um, Ed Helms? Yeah. His, Chris Hemsworth has a cameo in that movie, and it is for me anyway, I was like, I kept having to pause it. I was laughing so hard. Oh, wow. Okay. So that's when I discovered like his, his true comedic talent. Um, and he's only in it for like 10 minutes tops. Right. But it is just straight fire when he's on the screen. I enjoyed the vacation movie. So like I went into it with a very, very low bar, like, okay, this is, you can't remake, you know, the classic sure. Chevy chase vacation. Yeah. And my bar was really low and I walked out of that. Like that was awesome. I can't wait to see it again. Oh shit. Yeah. I totally so, slept on that one. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. I mean, I hope, I hope it lives up to my hype, but uh, I actually thought Chevy chase was the worst part of the entire movie. Like he's in it as well uh, for a little bit, of course, because it's not a, it's not a remake. It's actually a, a sequel. It's a proper sequel, but it's also, they know they're reboot. They're trying to reboot the franchise. So they kind of, you know that's not really a spoiler but they kind of just start making fun of reboots in the beginning so yeah um but it's a continuation with rusty as an adult and he takes his kids on a family vacation okay I'll so and he, yeah so it, it's I, I enjoyed it go in with go in with a low bar okay. and go in like hey apparently chris hemsworth is in this and he might be a little funny and if you just go in with just that little bit of expectation you might enjoy it all right cool I'm also a stoner and I laugh easily. So. <laughs> yeah, so, Cabin in the Woods, I was the same way. Um, I don't think I gave it an honest watch until like a year ago, maybe. And it was good. I, I love when every, like towards the end, everything just went batshit crazy and all the creatures broke out. And I was like, fuck yeah, this is awesome. So yeah, definitely, man. Yeah. I might have to revisit that one. Um, okay. Other good Halloween spirit flicks so last last year i discovered uh sinister i'd never seen that one it's pretty good and i want to revisit that one because we had a good time watching it because we actually like legitimately jumped and screamed at a couple parts the lawnmower scene that's Mm -hmm. all i gotta say like if you've seen that movie the lawnmower scene like i literally ah (laughs) (laughs) i don't do that often but it got me it yeah, fucking got about, me. Um, Ernest Scared Stupid for a Halloween. Whoa. Let's Google that one. I haven't, I don't think I've seen it. I might have it. You've never seen Ernest Scared Stupid? Let me look if I have or not. You grew up with the Ernest movies? like? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I, wow. Let me see if I've seen that one. Let me, I'll be able to tell you in a second. Okay. But yeah, it's no, about- I, what was his first one? I guess I've only seen the first movie. Ernest Jim Varney goes, goes to camp. camp. I yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's the only one I've seen. Okay. I, but I bet you I own it. Hold on. Let's see in my database. I'll open up my database and tell you if I own it on digital. So if I do, then I'll be able to throw it on. Yeah, Ernest Scared Stupid was like 91. It's about a, a troll that turns kids into little wooden statues to take their souls. It's actually kind of, it's got some pretty horrific moments for a kid's movie, but it's just a classic. Not well, every year. I have Ernest goes to camp and Ernest saves Christmas. Okay. So no, I have to get my hands on that one. And apparently Jim Varney does some voices in the toy story films as well. Yeah, he that. does. Yeah. I know that. Huh? 
yeah check interesting so yeah um this year we've watched uh killer clowns from outer space just wow. start started off with a uh i call it gas station burrito movie right like yeah it's not if it's you're not going to morton's steakhouse with that one you're going you're getting straight up gas station burrito um one of my favorite movies <laughs> it's fun though yeah. like i'm not saying that's bad i'm just letting like you know what you're getting into you like i love a good uh cheesy low budget horror movie there's nothing more fun like the, that kind of stuff growing up with it Absolutely. um we watched uh so yeah you know revisited the original saw movie I hadn't seen that in forever, probably a good 13, 14 years, maybe. And I think I fell off after the third one. Yeah, same. And I really enjoyed it. I was like, this is actually scarier than it was for me as a child. Not a child, but like someone in their 20s. Yeah, like, well, it come out in like 2003, four, maybe. Yeah, that sounds about right. And the, so I would have been... That's 16 years ago. Yeah. And, you know, back then I'm like, oh, it's brutal. You know, like that's really what kind of sticks with you. But now as an adult and somebody that's seen way too many episodes of Forensic Files, I'm like, yeah, this is kind of too realistic for me. Yeah. (laughs) Like there are people this demented out there. And uh, yeah, it's kind of making me uncomfortable. But uh, it was weird. Um, I enjoyed it, though. And I thought it held up really, really well really really well i feel like some of the editing in that does not hold up it's like editing yeah it's just i remember there's just like some i want to say there's like some flashback scenes it just has that like very early 2000s choppy i understand yeah yeah like you see it a lot in um Mm -hmm. seven or something yeah yeah was it seven example right now but no i feel you on that it didn't bother me um because i guess like I just know that era, you know, and it like, it didn't, it wasn't like seeing someone holding like um, a, a landline. Yeah. You yeah. Know, that's when you, when you're thrown out of it or something, you're like, Oh yeah. Landlines. I remember them yeah. uh, <laughs> like scream, right? Like that one, they're still got the landlines and that kind of throws you out of it a little bit, but it's also like, Oh yeah. If you were there, you remember the era and you're like, I don't know. I kind of just feel like I'm there with them. I, I guess. I don't know. It's a bad description, but um yeah. no i get that i i get what you mean though you're totally on point because that was like the style back then those fast cuts the fast jump cuts yeah and, you see it in um freddie versus jason a lot they use this okay. choppy camera effect it's like oh that looks so shitty and it's just it just screams fight scenes too they do that right yeah 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 they chop up the fight scenes too much and they try to make it like more exciting by faster cuts but yet you're not seeing any action you're just yeah, seeing yeah. just quick cuts. Um, we revisited the uh, Friday the 13th remake. I enjoy that one. I probably watch that every year. And I know that one gets panned, but man, I love Jason in that one. I got to say, like, when it first came out, this was like the height of churning out remake after remakes. I kind of, sure. I was like, ah, oh, fuck it, whatever. It's fine. And going back and rewatching it, it's like, this is kind of what you want out of a Friday the 13th movie. I mean, yeah, the characters or whatever, but yeah, Jason is awesome in that one. Some good kills and I mean, it's not I like love it, movie, but it's 
good. It, no, I mean, yeah, for it's a remake, and I'm okay with it because they they took it to different places. Yet, like you said, they bring um, everything you would want out of the movie, and I'm glad that the characters are so unlikable because it makes it that much more satisfying when they die. Sure. And uh, you know, they got the titties, they got uh, <laughs> the blood, the guts. You know, they got the oh, oh my god, the teens are having sex, so let's kill them. Like what? I mean, that's Friday the Thirteenth. It's classic. But the way they approach Jason is what really got me uh, hooked on that film. It's it's unrelenting. He that's I know that opening scene is fucking yeah. awesome. Yeah, like how could how uh, what what better of a job can you do with it? So yeah. Um, but I was the same way. I, I avoided it. Like I'm like another remake. Yeah, I'm good family. Like mm. I I didn't mind the Texas Chainsaw remake. It wasn't, but I again i don't it's same with like h2o or stuff like i don't want to know backstories and they bother me so i just assumed they were going to do that with this movie but they didn't they just kept the backstory like he's this kid that drowns in a lake thank you yeah like i don't want to know like i don't want to know the finer details of leatherface i don't want to know the like with the rob zombie remake i should have said uh not h2o i don't want yeah. the finer details of what makes these killers tick i never wanted to know Wait, you don't want to see michael scary. myers listening to kiss and uh right not i enjoyed it if, if it's not michael myers like once once he goes into the like the actual remake i'm like this is fine you got daniel harris you got like yeah. it's just your standard average everyday remake but it's it's done okay but yeah the beginning i don't want to see any of that yeah man that's a whole that's a whole can, can of worms. Of <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me started on on the latest one because I really hated that one. I really oh, hated that no one. Oh no, wait, hot fucking yeah. take incoming. All right. Oh, good, good. Let's get it going. You, did it. you didn't like Halloween 2018. Okay, no. let me ask you this. How many times have sure. you seen it? Once. When I don't I know that I can sit through it again. When I saw it in <laughs> when I saw it in theaters, I was like. I don't know what to think, but upon rewatches, I like it a little more each time. Mm. It's got some really cool moments like that whole that one tracking shot of him going house to house and he kills a lady with a hammer. And that whole shot is fucking amazing. But it has. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, no. Um. It has some really good moments. Um, personally, I'm I'm not I'm kind of done with the Laurie Strode story. Sure, but of course that they had to tired. bring it back. Um, I would say revisit it. You know, I will. I always do. Like I've revisited the Rob. As much as I don't like the Rob Zombie ones, like I've seen them plenty of times. <laughs> like to comment on them. It's not that they're bad movies so much as like like I said. I just don't necessarily want to know that backstory I'll and uh yeah bad. yeah but uh <laughs> um what the hell was i saying uh the uh halloween remake so my problem with it is right off the rip i didn't like this like these this podcast trope right like these guys are podcasters or whatever oh um, yeah they go, to visit, they go to visit michael myers like immediately i'm like really this is where we're going with this story. I got so bummed right off the rip. And uh, then, I, so I'm looking at this whole picture as a move, uh, as a whole and not the finer details that you were noticing. I'm like, why are we watching Terminator 2, the yeah. Michael Myers version? It bothered the hell out of me what they did with Laurie Strode's character. And it was just way too Sarah Connor for my taste. 
and I just didn't have, I just didn't enjoy it. Um, maybe my bar was too high and my expectations were too high. I was also really mad with that movie because we went to go see it, uh, at the theater and I, we went to a theater that's notoriously empty and it was uh-huh. sold out. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, what? Yeah. What? <laughs> my uh, first world problems kicked in. Uh, but yeah, I just, I was just bummed. I will revisit it just because like I said, I revisit them all. Like I watched Halloween three last year. Like, come on, let's go. Let's do it. Yeah. Eight more days till Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's because I love the franchise. Yes. I like Michael Myers, the character. I think the OG is, you know, in my top five of best horror movies of all time favorites. And um, yeah, I've heard so, about it. I'll check it out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I'll go through it. Right. I'll sit through it again. It wasn't so bad that it wasn't like something like the movie um, that made me so angry that like I get mad that people like it. Uh, Bird Box. Oh man. Sandra Bullock. Like the movie was so bad that like when people say they enjoyed it, I get mad. And the other big one, the other bad one that like, I really start to get like the sweats from anger is when somebody says they liked Dr. Sleep. I Um, have still not seen that. Okay. Really? not huh? So within two minutes, I went and saw the theater. Like was it opening day? And within two minutes, I'm like, how long am I stuck in this seat for? Oh, wow. And it was like <sighs> uncomfortable. Like I was by hour in it, in this movie. I wanted to just and I couldn't leave it because it was we were doing this YouTube show with the reviews. So mm-hmm. I had to sit through the whole movie and give like an honest review of it. I would have turned it off within two minutes. Oh, shit. But there are some people like I'll get texts from my friends like this is a great, you know, like exchange. Like, hold on, I can pull it up. Uh, like a buddy texts me, dude. You know, some of the your sleep is fucking awesome. Correct, but like the I'm not. He's just like his response. His response to me, basically, uh, here I I look how many. This is me like going off on oh. him after he like it just Mark triggers me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like he goes, hey man. Uh, where was it? Shit. How long is this exchange? This is hilarious. Damn. I'm doing a podcast next week. I'm guesting on a podcast and we're going to talk all about the shining. So I have to watch Dr. Sleep for the first time. So I need to watch right. that. Within a so few- they're two different, total different movies. I don't say, okay. If you like Stephen King and you like, like Stephen King movies. And what I mean by that is like, yeah, it's just really not that scary. Sure. Kind of supernatural. Okay. Ghosts. Eh. Um, unless you're talking about Zelda from pet cemetery, nothing's really creepy. Um, but the shining is a different case. It's because Kubrick did it and he didn't rely on the book. He took the cheese away from Stephen King. Which King well, didn't che- like, apparently. Good. <laughs> the cheese has been... The cheese has entered the chat, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Because it's back for Dr. Sleep. It's, it's, it's Stephen King. So if you go in and you're like, man, I fucking love Stephen King. I love Dr. Sleep, the book. Um, so here's how... Here, let me read you this text exchange. Okay. Friend, 
doctor's sleep is killer. This is at like midnight one night. <laughs> and he doesn't know I hate this movie and I hate when people like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Sleep is killer. I've watched it four times. I'm such a fan of The Shining. And I remember seeing this Dr. Sleep book in every single airport. But thanks for the referral. I'm like, I didn't refer that. I fucking <laughs> hated it. And he goes, oh, maybe you went and saw it. I go, dude, that movie triggers me. I hate it so much. <laughs> I got stuck in the theater and wanted to leave as soon as I saw that stupid four non-blondes hat. Oh, so. wow. <laughs> I did see that in the uh, the preview. <laughs> wow. The fucking singer of four non-blondes is the yeah. main villain. Uh, g- good night. But anyway, I don't want to like ruin it or make you think like it's the worst movie. I didn't enjoy it because to me, The Shining, the movie, is a movie about Jungian psychology. And you are constantly teetering the fine, like the Babadook. Like you're you're constantly following a line of, is this real? Are there ghosts? Or is this subconscious manifestation? Yeah. And it's it's very clear if you pay very close attention when they're in the office scene, there is a red book when he's being interviewed by the guy that looks like Kennedy. He there's a red book on the desk. Yeah. If you pause the movie and you zoom in on that book, it is Carl Jung's The Red Book. To okay. me, that is the entire point of Kubrick's The Shining. He is talking about Jungian psychology, the shadow people, the the expressions of the darkness within madness, descent into madness. This is the part of The Shining that he takes from the book. Then he's like, the ghost stuff, I guess we can throw this stuff in, right? Because then this is going to confuse, is this real or not? It's only to the end of The Shining you, you become clear, okay, this is a supernatural movie. But the sequel you are clear from the get-go that this is a supernatural ghost story i'm like fuck out of here okay so right immediately i could not get into it because it's a stephen king movie it's not a continuation of the stanley kubrick vision okay but i will say this like i can't say all bad things about a film right because so many people go into it and put their heart and soul into it and all the work the director of photography kills it really visually stunning movie he recreates these classic kubrick shots like unbelievably well yeah i did see himself as masterful okay very good visual movie very good um you know it's not all bad if again if you if you go in and you're like man i loved in the tall grass you're gonna love dr sleep oh god I'll turn that fucking thing off. Like, into it. I was like, I'm done. I told there my you mom, go. I was like, get me the yeah. fuck out. This is awful. So, so, well, hey, there you go. That's to me. That's a Stephen King movie. Yeah, yeah. That that was. Very I mean, cool. there's very few that are awesome, in my opinion. Like, you got it. Okay, that was good. Uh, the '90s, it is great. Original Pet Cemetery, great. You get uh, what Dead Zone, great. Um, yeah. Then, like last like 10, 15 years, what have we had? I don't know. Oh man, there's got to be something. It. Yeah. It, it was okay. The first one was awesome. I thought it was part I, one. It was fun. Stranger Things, the the movie. 
Yeah, pretty much. R-rated Stranger Things, and I'm fine with that. I was all right with it. Yeah. Um, let's see, Stephen King movies. Yeah, there's some good ones. They're not all bad, but you know what I mean? They have that certain yeah. cheese to them. There's just a cheese. Mm-hmm. And that, and why, okay, the minute Stephen King said he loved Dr. Sleep, I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm done. Misery's good. Let's be yeah, real. Misery's, Misery's good. a good movie. Um, I did hmm. a Stephen King month on this podcast. I should. Nice. I should know. Well, Creep Show, that's, those are fun. But again, they're cheesy, right? Yeah, you know, you got yeah, a big blob. Yeah. So again, it's not, when I say it's cheesy, doesn't mean I don't like cheesy. It's just not what I want out of The Shining because Kubrick is, you know, you, you start to trigger me because Kubrick's my favorite director. And then you're taking something like he did and like trying to pay homage to it, yet you're you're doing everything he hated about it. Right. So there you go. That's the best way to articulate it. What's Carrie's your, dope. What's your favorite Shining conspiracy? My favorite Shining conspiracy? Yes, because um, yeah, no, I know, I know all about them. They're um, so obviously, I think the moon landing stuff's the best. And the reason I think the moon landing stuff is the best is not because of the Shining. Is more or less as it's actually when you start jumping into two thousand one, um, because then that shit really becomes fascinating if you like conspiracy theories and like going down rabbit holes. Because then the Shining stuff makes way more sense. Okay. Uh, but you need to start like if you're into this whole thing and um, you saw the moon landing footage. If we were just to talk about the moon landing footage and look at it from a filmmaker's perspective, um, mm-hmm. it's sketchy. And I'm yes. not suggesting that we haven't gone to the moon. I'm just suggesting that perhaps that the footage we saw was not um, valid. Yeah. And uh, so if who was going to pull it off, it would only be him. Right. So then you get you get involved with 2001 and you, you learn that NASA was heavily involved in making that film. And he had basically a car blanche and an unlimited budget. Why? Hmm. Then you start wondering like, well, how'd they get the film past the Van Allen radio belt radiation belt? Then you're like, well, how come Hasselblad doesn't po- put the camera in their museum? There's all these weird questions that wind up happening. Yeah. And then um, the footage just looks weird, right? Some of it. And I think they've even admitted that some of the footage is doctored. Now, is it Krubik? I don't know. But here's what's weird. In the beginning of 2001, during the ape scene, he used what's called scotch light projection. And the only way you can kind of see where the set starts and ends is when you like uh, adjust the gamma and exposure. Then it's really clear where these set pieces start and end. Mm-hmm. Do the same thing with Apollo 11 pictures and get back to me. See oh. what you, we'll see what you get. Okay. God, the moon landing conspiracy is so much fun. It's very fun. Even if you don't believe it, it's like, why? It's entertaining. It's just entertaining. And then, so you go to, then you get, so you see this and you see Kubrick then with The Shining. And okay, this is apparently him admitting it, right? You see Danny and the Room 237, the 237,000 miles. Yeah, yeah, the Apollo sweater. But then go further, go into Eyes Wide Shut. Oh, how And how he's, and put him as Dr. Bill, which is a hilarious name anyway, Dr. Bill. (laughs) Um, basically Dr. Bill is this guy that is trying to get into this like elite or more elite status and he was promised something he was promised something but he was never given it to him and it and it like goes into like this whole like conspiracy of conspiracy of, of how like he thought he was going to be like this initiated you know high elite person doing this big favor 
for the government and he was basically shunned and turned, wound up finding out they're all a bunch of like satanic creeps mm -hmm. and decided to tell the world about it. And then he dies four days after showing it to Warner Brothers. Now, here's where it gets fucking spooky. You ready? True? Yeah. Wow. The day he the day he dies is 666 days before the year 2001. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Let's get the hats. Let's get the tinfoil hats out. <laughs> no, I but love this kind of shit. That's I do too. But man, like the Kubrick rabbit hole is, if you like conspiracy theories, that's my favorite one because some of it's just hilariously like, come on, that's not, that's not possible. But yeah. some of it you're like, well, that is a good question. And then why is his daughter like, you know, she's been on Alex Jones and stuff. And you're like, okay, so what the fuck? <laughs> it's a weird one, but it's a fun one. I highly recommend it if you're a film buff. Like, sit down and watch 2001 and then start diving into the, the, the NASA connection. Yeah, or the documentary Room 237, which is all about shining conspiracies. Correct. Yeah, and that one's got the American Indian one, which is interesting. The typewriter stuff is cool. But yeah, I mean, that's that's like every Kubrick movie, right? Yeah. Um, you can sit there and that's why I think he's my favorite because his films like on the surface might might not be everyone's cup of tea. And they're like, it's if anything, it's the cup of tea nobody wants to drink. <laughs> so sure. like some of his movies are really difficult. But when you watch him from an esoteric point of view, not the exoteric, you're like, whoa, there's a lot of shit happening in this movie, man. Like he is telling us some stuff if yeah. you're in tune with it and and it's way different. Uh, allegedly telling us some stuff. So it's fun. But yeah, Shining is my favorite horror movie of all time. And yeah, it's I, a top five for me. Um, so speaking of The Shining, you've Pictures in the Gold Room is about The Shining, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Sorry, I'm turning my fan on. No, you're fine. Sorry about that. <clears throat> so what other, if any, Chimera songs were about horror movies? Horror movies. Um, well, I consider American Psycho a horror movie, even though it's more satirical comedy, dark comedy horror. Um, but uh, it's classified as horror if you look it up. Um, that uh, our song bloodlust was about that film okay. it was uh basically all of his narrations i kind of paraphrased them into a song like you know s manipulated it to fit the song and change the words around oh cool um i'm gonna just look through here real quick to see off the top of my head if there's anything else that so impending doom has some um has some movie stuff going on in it uh from uh uh i i talk about uh i shout out the line hannibal Lecter's famous line have you ever dad uh have you ever seen blood in the moonlight it appears quite black nice. i threw that i threw that line in the song but it doesn't have anything to do with the movie um the disappearing sun is a movie song as well and that one is actually about the movie Sunshine. So that's more sci-fi. But it's definitely got some creepy elements in that movie. Like, there's some definitely some jarring yep. parts. Dude, that's a great movie. That's a Danny Boyle film. Ooh, and um, and uh, so our video for Destroy and Dominate 2 was heavily inspired by that film as well. He has, it's just so, uh, just very classy. Very classy, classy uh, film. Uh, the Flame is uh, based on a horror movie. Um 
based on the prequel for the television series Twin Peaks. It's a uh, fire walk with me. People, that's a fucking horror movie. This shit is scary. <laughs> like you might be like, I don't. Oh no, have you seen the show Twin Peaks? Nope, still haven't okay. seen it. So Twin Peaks is very quirky. It's very 90s quirk and basically epitomizes 90s 90s quirk. But they will throw in like the silliest comedic dark comedy cheese. Mm -hmm. And then like two minutes later, terrify you like to the point where you're uncomfortable. It's David Lynch. So if you're familiar with David Lynch's style, like Blue Velvet or Lost Highway or it's that, but on a TV show, but funny, but with a lot of comedy added. All right. Movie prequel zero comedy <laughs> it's yeah. just straight brutality and people got really upset about that i'll check because that they out. were expecting a comedy um i think that might be it though so the flame is um probably the most notable like movie song besides pictures in the gold room not many people know that bloodlust is about is based off of american psycho okay so yeah. yeah but i get inspired every now and then to to sing about that kind of stuff if i feel so inclined Cool. Speaking of American Psycho, which was written by Brett Easton Ellis, another movie that was adapted on one of his books was The Rules of Attraction. Yeah. In that movie. Yeah, I know what you're going. (laughs) In that movie, there's a scene where a guy is in his bedroom and he's shooting drugs into his toe or something. Not just a guy, my friend. Kevin Arnold from The Wonder Years, Mr. Fred Savage is doing heroin in his underwear. Yeah. So in that scene, you can see a chimera pass out of existence poster. How did that end up in that movie? Um, A little bit of luck. So because of Roadrunner mainly um, in that era, one of the A&R representatives, oh, actually our A&R, the main guy was Monty Connor. And Monty signed a bunch of wrote famous Roadrunner bands, Slipknot, Sepultura, you name it. Um, he, his wife worked in some sort of film and, and television production scene. Okay. So when you watch The Sopranos seasons, like first few seasons of The Sopranos, AJ's room is covered in like, new metal stuff like there's fear factory posters he's wearing okay. slipknot jackets he's you know there's a chimera poster in was it season four of sopranos oh wow um this is all through roadrunner and monty connor's wife being like well here's hey honey here's all the roadrunner swag take it down to the film and production company and then they use it in sets and oh, cool. and stuff like that for set design so they're like okay aj this character he's going to be like a kind of a rebellious snotty teen. Okay. So what are the rebellious snotty teens like in the nineties? Oh, they're these new metal kids that shop at hot topic. Okay. Well, what bands are they listening to? Oh, like slipknot. And you know, so they get all the roadrunner shit and then it's like perfect. And you know, it's not just that she only has roadrunner stuff, but it's, it's what is necessary for the character. So, and then sometimes it might just be a cool poster, right? It's just like, Oh, that's just cool. Just, I like the colors and texture for the background scene. You never know why these things land in it, but luck. Yeah. Um, you know, Roadrunner, Roadrunner was a great label to get their artists on a lot of cool stuff. We got on the Freddy versus Jason soundtrack because of them and got to be involved in the movie. We got to see our early, way early cut of the film, uh, way before it ever got in the theaters. Just cool shit like that. And they were really good at uh, being able to 
get their bands promoted with like they put us on a horror video game and it was called infected remember the psp yeah um yeah there was a zombie game and they made me a character that like was unlockable you could fight zombies the slipknot guys were on there that stuff's that stuff's all roadrunner or sometimes it's fans right like let's say like maybe you're like you were a video game designer and were a fan you're like fuck it i want to get chimera in my game cool that's that kind of stuff happens too okay yeah speaking of freddy versus jason didn't you say that um think maybe it was on doc's podcast or something that the dehumanizing process was originally in a fight scene fuck that would have been cool the first fight scene wow okay. i was that's that's the rough cut i was just saying we saw of the film that's where i saw it in that version of it okay and uh, then they wound up changing it to like just some stock you know techno-y metal fight song that nobody yeah, really... I, look, I can hear it in my head and, and it's like yeah. jajun, jajun, jajun. Yeah. you know some kind of like you know cliche fight song yep but i will admit i will admit like i don't think dehumanizing process worked over it right really? it was just like eh like it was cool but like that song is like it just didn't it, it was too metal for it it didn't have the right feel I respect that decision to remove it, but of course I was okay. fucking bummed because then we got demoted to second. We're now we're in the movie where the only the the only person hearing our song is the guy cleaning up the fucking <laughs> condoms and popcorn boxes in the, yeah, in the aisles. Like, <laughs> Army of me plays. Yeah, yeah, that's the only person is hearing it is the 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 concession guy that's got to clean up janitor. Yeah, so I have a funny story about that song. I got to tell this story. So August two thousand three. I go see Chimera in Jacksonville, North Carolina. This shitty club, Planet Rock. It's probably is not that me. the Marine venue? No, yeah. that's Fayetteville. No, no, wait, it is Jacksonville. Yeah, Jacksonville. Yep. Yeah. So <clears throat> I'm like 16 or something. Me and my buddy, we get to the show like stupid early, like a bunch of dorks. Like, hey man, we can like meet the band and shit. Somehow we bump into Jim. <laughs> yeah, I, I believe that. Yeah. So. Jim's like, hey, what's up, dudes? Um, he was like, can you guys give me a ride to Wendy's? And we're like, <laughs> fuck yeah, dude. So he's like, all right, cool. I'm going to go on the bus and see if any of the guys want to come. So Andals comes along. Uh, no, uh, Yeah, he has got to get his five piece. Yeah, so I think Andals rides with somebody else. But anyways, we get in the car. Jim's in the front seat. My buddy's driving. And I'm in the back. And he turns the car on and Army of Me is playing because we were listening to it on the way. And my buddy's like, well, you probably don't want to hear this. And Jim's like, oh, dude, no, this is my first time hearing it since it's been released, actually. He's like, turn that shit up. So we're riding to Wendy's and Jim's fucking air guitar and rocking out (laughs) to Army of Me. And like me and my friend, we like lock eyes like, like an intersection. We're like, dude, this is fucking awesome. So we went to Wendy's with Jim and Andals, and I always That's awesome that story every time. Hell like, yeah, man! Jim air guitaring to it. So I, I guarantee uh, Andals got a triple. I can't remember what they ordered, but you might be right. Andals got a triple. <laughs> All right. I don't know what Jim would get, but Andals got a triple. <laughs> guarantee it. All right. So, have you? What are some movies you've watched lately that like? unexpectedly like like fucking blew you away like wow i was not expecting that like sure so series wise actually not movie but recently was hannibal the series i went into that cold i thought to myself when that was originally on like 
NBC, Hannibal mm. Lecter, all these extra people. Uh, nah, I'm good. And I uh, tried it and I'm like, dude, this show rules. It's so yeah. brutal. It's very graphic. I couldn't believe they had it on regular NBC. Mads Mickelson is like the dopest Hannibal Lecter ever. Um, we went back and watched all the other movies and they, they paled besides signs of the lambs. The other movies paled in comparison, I thought to the series. So that blew me away unexpectedly film wise. I really dug the lighthouse. I kind of thought I kind of went into it thinking it was going to be awesome just because I loved the witch, the uh, director's first film. Yes. And, uh, but again, I wasn't expecting it to be as awesome as it was. I felt like that should have been the sequel to the shining. Hmm. Yeah, that is more in line with what I want from a shining sequel. It's more psychological. It's more cerebral. It's more like claustrophobic. Yeah. Tension. So the fact that he put that movie in four by three aspect ratio just to make everyone feel more claustrophobic. I thought that was dope. Um, Now I got to turn this fan off. Sorry. You're good. That's one thing that's awesome about having thyroid issues is you can never get the right temperature. No. Yeah, no <laughs> it's like, I'm too hot. I ah, fuck now. I'm cold. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, the lighthouse while like visually amazing um, story-wise, like when it ended, uh, I was like, all right, well, that was, that was interesting. I mean, it's I kind of like the witch's ending too. Yeah. I like the witch more, but I, I mean, I thought the lighthouse was, awesome like just story-wise it was hard for me to latch on to it definitely got some shining vibes though yeah yes this is the claustrophobe so i just look at it way on the surface lighthouses of descent into madness and darkness Mm -hmm. so is the shining that's it yeah which i believe is ascension towards lightness like the light like she's rising at the end versus the darkness of uh, i think as kind of a, a yin yang of those two films together i'm excited to see it again because the witch the witch i had an issue with the first time i watched it i was just kind of like eh but i didn't watch it with subtitles the oh. second time i watched it with subtitles i'm like this movie is fucking awesome yes. like i loved it and then so the lighthouse i start watching it and i'm like oh shit they're talking in this old timey sailor speak. Yeah. I can barely understand it. Yeah, I need and, to rewatch uh, that with subtitles. Do it. Because yeah, then we okay. immediately just started it over and put the subtitles on. And, and I had the same experience like The Witch, where I'm like, this is great because you're missing all this fucking great dialogue. It's that adds okay. to the movie. And it's a lot of it's comedic that you're not expecting. And I'm like, oh, I didn't realize that's what he was saying. Like, you, you can't pick out the, the dialect. I couldn't anyway. I just thought it was more enjoyable. And uh, I saw Robert Englund actually tweeted about the lighthouse and he, he put out the disclaimer. He's like, make sure you watch this with, with subtitles. So okay. it's like, yes, yes. Make oh, sure yeah. everybody, like I retweeted it. Um, because that's the same thing. A problem I had with the witch, I couldn't understand it. And like, I felt like I was missing half the story because I'm trying to like translate 16th century English. Yeah. Well, Robert Eggers, he, he goes into like extreme detail when writing a script. So all that dialogue from the witch is like true to 16th century. Like a lot of that stuff was taken directly out of journals and stuff. So man, that guy, anything he does from now on, apparently he's making a Viking movie with like, yeah, with like, um, God, Bill Skarsgård was in it. 
but he dropped out. But the cast is like fucking crazy. Yeah, let me look it up. Um, it's called um, shit. Forgot. Just Robert Eggers' new movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll look it up. Is it um, the Northman? Yes. And it, oh, just listen to this description: an upcoming American historical revenge film. Yes. You got me. Yeah. But- now even now here's the icing on the cake. 10th century in Iceland. Wow. Says Alexander uh, Skarsgård. Yes. Uh, from, um, was it True Blood and uh, something else? Uh, Bjork? Yeah, Bjork is in it. What the fuck? Nicole Kidman, <laughs> Willem Dafoe, Ethan Hawke. Uh, Bjork. Hmm. It started filming in August. In September 2020... The team began filming in Malin. Where the hell is... Where the hell are they? <laughs> I think they're in Probably Iceland. Probably going to like just the... They're in Iceland. To shoot yeah. It. So, yeah, yeah, they're actually shooting... Oh, wait, no, they're in Ireland. They're shooting in Ireland okay. right now. Wow. Okay. But yeah, I'm excited for that. Um, yeah, I'm with you. Like anything that dude does... Uh, like for your debut film to be the witch, yeah. Um, good, and he's young grief. too. He's like early thirties. Good grief! That's a that's a beyond a pro. Yeah, he's thirty seven right now. So that means okay. he did the witch. I know five years ago. is like thirty or something. Wow! Yeah, so these young thirty year olds are making great great movies. Yeah, Ari Aster is another one. I loved uh, Heredit- Hereditary, Midsommar. Yeah. Uh, that was brutal, brutal. Yeah, Hereditary, man. I went into that one cold. I saw the yeah, same. I saw the trailer once, and I was like, "Next great horror movie? Yeah, what the fuck ever." Okay, let me see what this is about. It's probably gonna suck. And I was like, "Whoa, dude! I was not fucking ready for this because like, guy with a knife doesn't really scare me. It's more sure. entertaining, right? But, like the descent into madness, like psychological stuff." like trauma passed down from families and i'm like whoa man this is too fucking real i wasn't ready for this <laughs> like, <laughs> so that one really stuck with me and kind of like yeah with my head for a few days i'm not gonna lie i listen to a lot of these scores from these movies too they're great the hereditary score is fucking dope yeah. um the witch soundtrack is dope yep. and they're like for me when i work a lot with photography or editing or i do a lot of computer work build websites for a lot of people um it's perfect background music because a lot of times i don't want to hear vocals which is hilarious like man i thought you were the singer of the band yeah. uh like no uh i no, just i get that i don't want to hear anyone fucking talk right i've heard of sing i just want to listen to some beats or some crazy uh eclectic music and all these modern horror movies have that in common like it follows another great score yeah um that was a cool movie too like any 80s resurgence films i'm i usually get way into here's a horror movie that i do you even consider it horror let me pull it up i don't find it scary at all but i think people classify it as horror science fiction horror okay there's a movie i think it's on prime right now and uh i saw it on netflix probably in 2012 it's called beyond the black rainbow and i've seen the poster for it and it looks cool i have not seen it yet dude that movie for me that's the best score i've heard 
I believe that is the first movie that kicked off the 80s resurgence. Okay. And it's way underground. Some people just do not like it. And it's the movie is so heavy. It has its own gravity. It It, it is slow. Okay, so go into this movie like with the expectations of the tempo of 2001. Okay. Because it's essentially what he's trying to do, like the horror version of like, what would, what would psychedelics, the horror movie be like? Mm. Yeah. Very slow, very trippy. They know more. Very, yeah. (laughs) I'll check it out. Have you seen Under the Skin? Yes, I need to revisit that one when I okay. saw it for the first time when it came out. I don't that movie ripped off Beyond the Black Rainbow big time. Oh, okay. So Beyond the Black Rainbow is like um when did it come out? 2012. Okay. Uh, to me, this like this kicks off like all those 80s throwbacks. Okay. You get Stranger Things after, you get it follows after, you get uh I'm trying to think of some of the other 80s stuff that p- starts popping up after. But stylistically speaking, this is one of the most visually stunning movies you'll ever see. And then the director has only done two movies. He's only done two movies. The second movie he did was called Mandy. And that's with Nick Cage. I still haven't seen that. And that's another visually stunning movie. Like, okay, that one's fun. That one's fun. So the director, his name is uh, Panos Cosmatos. And his father directed... Uh, Tombstone. Oh, wow. And he also directed Cobra with Stallone. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so if you watch Cobra and you notice there's like some interesting saturation effects in this, in the, in the film, like, like I catch that in beyond the black rainbow. I'm like, there's some, there's some Cobra cinematography owed to his father in this film. Okay. But the, uh, the, the director himself puts the puts his two films, I think, in the best way to describe them is Beyond the Black Rainbow is Pink Floyd. Okay. Mandy is Slayer. <laughs> nice. Okay. Mandy's very much out. like Hellraiser, I thought. Okay. I'll I'll check out both of those. I've been meaning to. Um, a movie in the similar vein. Okay, I just watched this two nights ago for the first time and speaking of movies that unexpectedly like Holy shit, this is amazing. Have you seen Daniel Isn't Real? No, I never even heard of it. Let me pull Dude, it up. Watch that shit soon. I mean, it's talk about like okay, first off, the soundtrack is oh, psychological of, horror. Okay. Yes. Um but yeah, it was like Schwarzenegger's kid. Yes. And Tim Robbins and Susan Sarandon's kid is the lead character, Miles Robbins. Mm. He's great in that. I've never heard of this. Okay, cool. I'll check it out. Yeah, soundtrack is amazing. Visually is like... I love the poster. Yeah, you could... could From the producers of Mandy. Yeah, there you go. There you go. There's the connection. You could watch it on mute and it would play just as well, I think. But the soundtrack is like so good. Sick, yeah. This looks right up my alley, man. Like I love... I love saturated, psychological, trippy slower slow burn i'm dude i'm a i like cannabis yeah <laughs> <laughs> like, not a movie? No. yeah like uh you know i mean like just 
the deeper and headier it gets, the more fun I'm going to have. Well, this one gets super fucking heady. It's like uh, parts of it are just like a bad acid trip. Like, Great. Yeah, it's yeah, you'll love it. The poster's sick. Like okay. just looking at it right now, I'm like, whoa, this looks. You know, it's got the same kind of textures and color schemes mm-hmm. as like Mandy and um yeah it's on prime it's perfect like shutter original shutter is killing it man yeah dude that's a cool cool little uh company um yeah. another one that kind of unexpectedly blew me away uh that reminds me with because of saturation and color is the suspiria remake and then it's still it haven't didn't seen it. see it uh oh, well, hey, well, now this is good because, you know, we can uh, both learn some films that we need to check out or catch up go. on, remind each other. The um, So have you seen the original Suspiria? You know what? I'm going to lose my horror podcast. No, again. no, you won't. I you have won't. not. You won't. Take it so, away. No, no, no. So this is just the biggest difference. All I was just going to say is because we were talking about saturated films and, and colored looking films, uh, like really uh, vibrant colorful uh-huh. films um suspiria is probably the original probably the first film to really take that next level it's very colorful and um it's not for everybody it's like i don't think it's like a great film like the original yeah. like i'm just like whatever you know so like you don't lose any points from with me um like i'd be we- weird it'd be weird if you had a horror podcast and you were like yeah, I never saw Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like, right. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing with a horror podcast? Yeah. Not seeing the original Suspiria. Nah, whatever. Okay. But the remake, um, the remake was a complete contrast to that, which I thought was unique, where Suspiria is so colorful and has all this like rich vibrancy. The remake is stark and cold and I loved it. So like I can go either way with those types of films as long as they're just well made. But um again, and then the way that director described it was how if a band covers a song but does a a, a different rendition of it. So meaning like how um okay, disturbed might do hello darkness my old friend. It sounds the same. Right? But but like if if Tori Amos does raining blood Oh, when she did that, you're like, okay, that's a different take. Trapped in purgatory. <laughs> okay, so that's different. So that's how you have to look at Suspiria. Suspiria is is its own thing, the original, which I kind of appreciate. Like, if you're going to remake something, it's total different take. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's the same, mm-hmm. but it's such a different take, all the way down to the colors being stark versus so in your face and and vibrant yeah um but yeah that's uh both another one that's on prime um i went into that uh not expecting much you know i never go into remakes thinking they're gonna be good um so that one i was like that movie fucking blew the original one out of the water uh hills of eyes uh another one Another yeah, classic yeah. one. Just That's, revisiting, uh, uh, just about to revisit, actually. So. I prefer the remake, yeah. Same, same. So there are a few, right, that, that do a really good job. And I think Suspiria is a horror movie that did a really great job at, at remaking it. But then, you know, maybe so, 
dude, it's got one of the most brutal, like, you know how Midsummer is like, everyone was like that fucking scene uh, has that one scene. Suspiria has one of those two where you're like, holy shit. Talking about the, one- uh, the hammer scene yeah yeah that that to me to to me i was like whoa i wasn't expecting that the same with hereditary like when the girl hits the pole you know i'm like yeah okay (laughs) like you're not expecting it there's a moment in daniel isn't real that i was like fuck i gotta go to bed soon i don't want to think about this shit while i'm trying to sleep but i love it yeah yeah Um, i'll I'll check that out tomorrow yeah and i will said it's on prime yeah, it is on Prime. Perfect. Yeah. So how about we go over some horror news and I'll get your takes on these. Sure. Okay. So I don't know if you grew up playing Resident Evil games. Are you familiar with them at all? So yeah, we actually that's I know where you're going with this. The uh the we just revisited the original movie because um my girlfriend had never seen it. I'm like, I haven't seen it in probably 18 years or so, or 15 years or so. And um, we revisited it. I'm like, man, I can't believe how much this movie is like 2001 meets aliens. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But you know, I, I I thought it was fine. I enjoyed it. I thought it aged decently. I thought the score was really cool. Um, The game, I played it and I enjoyed it. It was the first game besides uh, the original Friday the 13th game to scare me, so I thought that was cool. You know, it actually gave me some good jump scares back in the day, playing it dark at late at night. Um, and I saw the news that they're rebooting it, and I actually in I have a Discord channel, and we have a movie page, and I just I posted the news, and I, I you know, with the meme, why though? <laughs> well, okay, well, here's here's why, because none of the movies have been true to the games i mean i understand that like the fans have been saying for years like what's so fucking hard about putting it in raccoon city have leon kennedy and clara redfield and like totally agree with you on that it's just like there's so many of the films it's just it just seems like uh, it doesn't excite me but if you're a big fan of the game and you're and they're gonna be holding it down then i can see why people are pumped yeah i'm cautiously optimistic so I never saw any of the Resident Evil sequels, full discretion. Oh, and man. I heard I, they never interested me, and everyone kind of just said they were shit. So a lot of them are just laughably bad. Like, if you want some fucking schlock, like, right, some MST3K type shit. Yeah. If you yeah. want like Fast and the Furious, but horror movie, give them a watch. Some of them are got pretty- it. That's funny. All right, next story. The Batman moves from October 2021 to March 2022. Not surprised. Um, well, so that was two two days in a row that I got hit with bad movie news. And that, like, so, you know, you see a lot of people on social media, they complain about 2020 sucking and all this stuff. And yeah. I haven't been that guy. Like, I hate to be that guy, but I've had a great year. It's been fine for me. And, great like, year, I feel... Man. I feel bad for for people that have have suffered or been sick or any of that stuff, but I flipped my shit when Dune got canceled or postponed, and then I really flipped my shit when Batman got postponed. I'm like, fuck 2020. <laughs> for me, it was Halloween Kills, but okay, you know, I didn't care about that. Obviously, okay. <laughs> good shelf it. Telling you, man, go go back and rewatch 2018. It's I will got some good fucking moments. Um. But yeah, that pissed me off. I mean, I get it because theaters are, I mean, but I really just, 
I don't care if they just release everything on demand. I, I watched The Hunt on demand. That was a lot of fun. I watched Invisible Man on demand. I thought that was a lot of fun. It was really Bill good. And Ted, Bill and Ted 3 on demand. Like, I don't need to go to the theater. I got a fucking badass 65-inch 4K TV with a massive stereo. It sounds better than the fucking theater. Uh, I don't have to watch some asshole next to me text uh so i can make my own popcorn i'm fine with it do i like the theater yes do i want theaters to stay in business yes do i want to go see movies on the big screen yes yeah but that said just fucking release it let me watch let me watch it (laughs) yeah i'm impatient i'll just i'll admit it i'll admit it i agree so all right speaking of things getting pushed back terrifier 2 has been pushed back to 2021 were you a fan of Terrifier, Art the Clown? So, yeah, I know what you're talking about. And I have not seen the film, but I, I see the um, graphic pop up all the time on Hulu. And every time it does, I'm like, fuck that movie. That looks scary as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't like clowns, man. I mean, really? I can handle I can handle Pennywise. But man, that thing just looks fucked up. Yeah, I don't so know. You gotta watch this. It's... All right. I mean, the movie itself, like the story and everything is very, eh. But Art the Clown as a villain is great. So That's dope. I'll check it out. It's legit. Like, I'm like, I'm a little creeped out by it. I okay. might be a little scared for that one, but I'll try it. It's good to be scared for real on spooky season. Yeah, man. <clears throat> All right. So, new Friday the 13th movie reportedly in the works. The legal battles between Victor Miller and Sean Cunningham have come to an end, assumably settled out of court or whatever. But the ball is kind of rolling a bit. So what would you like to see out of a new Friday the 13th movie at this point? Um, so I'm friends with... Uh... Tommy McLaughlin, the the director of part six. I wouldn't say we're friends. I'm Facebook comrades, Facebook acquaintances with him on my favorite Friday, by the way. I love this. I love part six. It's so dope. That's my favorite. Jason is a zombie Friday. Whereas I think pre pre zombie Jason, I like two, two, no, no, three. Oh, tater sack. Jason three is my favorite. Here's why (laughs) because it's fucking hilarious. I don't know why, but I just enjoy that one as a film. Like I can sit down and like, this is just fun. Yeah. It was fun. There's a lot of funny parts. There's some good kills. Um, Two legitimately scared me as a child when he jumps through the window. Three, when he takes the fucking hockey mask off and I have to see that face, it freaks me out. Four is dope. Um, But uh, yeah, I think I give it to three just because of the, the, the fun factor. So yeah. what I'd like to see and why I mentioned Tommy is because he wrote a draft for a new film. I saw that. Yeah. And um, the thing that actually interested me the most of it was Jason in the snow. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. <clears throat> that piques my interest and something we've never seen and a winter vibe and that would just be unique and something cool. Um, other than that, like, what can you ask for? Like, there's, it's, it's silly, right? Like, you want to see people die. You want to see them in a brutal, die in a brutal way. You want jump scares. You want kids having sex and then getting killed because they chose to have sex. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know if we necessarily need Jason guarding a weed farm anymore, but. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that. Um, yeah, I would say add a little fun to it. Like, yeah, don't fun. Do, like Christopher Nolan, dark, gritty reboot on us, which they probably will. But no backstory other than his mother being killed. Yeah, that's and true. Drowning. I don't want any more backstory. Yeah, that would be. Um, yeah, there. That those are the things I wouldn't want to happen. I suppose. Wait, I got it. Jason grew up in a white trash family. His mom was a stripper. So that's why. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, my daddy didn't pay enough attention. Yeah. All right, I got it. We don't learn much about Jason's father, do we? No, apparently he was supposed to have been in one of them, Elias Voorhees. So here's a funny question. Because uh, I uh, live a very bizarre life that seems like i wear many hats one of my duties in life was to be a funeral assistant and um so i'm watching part six and this is how i became friends with tommy on facebook but uh i was re-watching part six maybe two years ago and i was just like who the hell paid for jason's um funeral service and like the plot and the headstone and like, cause I know how much these things cost and there's a lot of money goes into this. Like, like you can't just get a vault for less than eight grand here. You know, I'm like thinking to myself, like, come on. Um, That's true. So I've just made a joke online. I'm like, who paid for the services, you know? And then Tommy McLaughlin out of nowhere appears and he makes a funny joke about, you know, how it was basically just uh paramount paid for some balsa wood, you know, kind of yeah. thingy. <laughs> But um, then I found out someone else, like some super fan, I think it's in a book or something that it might have been this Elias guy that pays for it. Like there's a real fucking story on who pays oh, wow. for the grave, right? It Actually, someone has answered it. I'm making a joke on um, just from being a funeral assistant. Yeah. Like, hey, that's a that's an expensive headstone. You know, that's, also, <laughs> that's a couple grand. <laughs> and also, how did Tommy do not Tommy Doyle? I'm thinking of Halloween. How did Tommy Jarvis dig a dig up his six foot coffin with just a shovel without taking that jean jacket off? Not <laughs> bust a sweat. There should have been right. Shit, like taking breaks, like drinking Gatorade. Like, fuck, this is hard work, man. So here's a whole website I'm on right now dedicated. If you recall, Pamela still wore Elias Voorhees' class ring. Like, so people are going way in depth, oh my right? God. So this, just jump online and start finding out, like, who the fuck paid for his burial? That is such a good question. That's hilarious. And <laughs> apparently it might have been his father, Elias. Some things so. you don't need to know. So. Right. So that could be an interesting thing to incorporate in a new Jason film. Um, cause we never saw that character. Yeah. Another thing I suppose they could do that would be new is some sort of sibling, but that doesn't really make sense. Mm. Um, I would say just keep it simple, you know, don't get too fucking crazy. Just kill a lot of teens and show exactly. some titty. Yeah. <laughs> Preferably some characters we care about. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't really care too much about any of these, uh, the ones in the remake, but I, you know, I, I did like how annoying they made the other ones just so um, it was satisfying when they get killed. Like, especially that douchebag that just the main guy that's house that, you know, you just oh, can't yeah. wait till he dies. You just can't wait till he dies. 
Yeah, um, do they always have to cast like supermodel looking dudes? Like, what's up? I'm hot as shit. I'm here to be <laughs> <laughs> like just cast a normal fucking dude. <laughs> I know that whatever the, the, the thought process is, is that everyone has to be hot. Like someone, um, yeah. I, we just rewatched Bram Stoker's Dracula. That was another one we hit. And um, so, you know, Keanu is terrible in this film. And you start reading the trivia on that one. Cause that's the big thing I do. Any movie I watch, I jump on IMDb. I, jump yeah, on I usually media, do that. Yeah, I jump on forums. Like I want to know everything. And um, so one of the trivia things was like even Francis Ford Coppola was like, I needed a hot male actor to connect with female. Uh, it says it right in the trivia. Like he's the worst choice for this fucking movie. But uh, that's hilarious. it's still, it was still a cool movie. Like Gary Oldman's performance, like still 10 out of 10. He is so good in that film. Yeah. All right. And I, I guess that about sums up all the news. There has been like a lot of Scream 5 stuff going on or Scream as they're calling it. What's your take on that series? Do you uh, so I want to revisit it. I'm going to revisit it this year, actually. It's been a long time. That's the last um, time you watched Scream 3. When it came out, maybe. Ooh, brother, that one is a fucking hot pile of shit. I never saw part four either, so I didn't even bother with it. It's yeah, I think that was Wes Craven's last movie, actually. Uh, oh shit! I didn't realize he even did it, so I should check it out just to be a completist. But we're gonna we're gonna do that we're gonna do that series this year. It's been a long time. I don't think I've seen Scream one in fourteen, fifteen years. Okay. Scream two. My experience in that theater was one of the most memorable and enjoyable times of my life, and it had nothing to do with the movie. It had nothing to do with the movie. It had everything what to do happened? with the audience. It was oh. had everything to do with, it was a packed theater. I was in Cincinnati. Um, I know it's like weird to talk about now because times have changed, but everyone in the theater besides me was black. Okay. <laughs> and I'm not being stereotypical, but they like to talk in the theater differently than participate participate it's okay. a participation uh, that white people just don't tend to do yeah and and trying to keep it as pc and mild as possible but the uh that was the most fun i ever had because the participation was so fucking fun nice. like i had a blast they're just motherfucker don't go in there like screaming like screaming at the top of their lungs and like everyone had such a blast in the theater and i was jumping in and like oh it was so fun <laughs> and uh um yeah i just i'm like you know i grew up in the 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 whitest leave it to beaver neighborhood in the world so i had uh was definitely out of my comfort zone as a younger lad uh and uh definitely had a, the best time of my life so that's awesome yeah, that would have been 97. That's mm-hmm. when that came out. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good luck with Scream 3, though, when you rewatch it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so I just remember Scream, that one sucking. Yeah, so for Scream 5, I mean, they're bringing back the whole... They're getting the band back together. It's Nev Campbell and... Uh, the wrestler, David Arquette. Yeah, David Arquette and Nev Campbell. Um, did I say Nev Campbell? Um, yeah, all of them, plus like a whole new cast. And I was thinking it would be best just to ignore the sequels and continue maybe where Scream ended. Then you could bring back Matthew Lillard. Right, right, right. That's kind of kind of what Halloween did. And 
another reason I didn't like it because I mean I'm a fan of four or five. I don't care if they suck. Hey, same here. I, I like the arc. I like Danielle Harris. I like her arc. She's like my young crush when I was a kid, you know. Um, and then Halloween four is that's a top three of the series for me. Yeah, I agree. And um so that's part six. Dude, a lot of people like part six. Do you have the producer's cut? I do. I actually prefer the theatrical overall. I do as well. I just that's just one of those cool things that not too many horror fans know about. But you know, those of us that are geeky enough to go to conventions got our hands on. Oh man, I had a bootleg copy off eBay back in like ninety-nine or some shit. It looked awful, but yeah, I would say the best version of that movie lies somewhere in the middle between producers and theatrical. But for me, I that's just one of my favorites. I love that movie. It gets shit on a lot, and I defend it all the time on yeah, this podcast. So I, I dig it. You're 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 speaking to the choir for Halloween Six. So that's why I get oh, yeah. like I get <laughs> bummed on that shit. Like I don't I like the arc. Like I don't think it was a bad arc to go after the niece and stuff like that, and just kind of just omit laurie strode from the whole thing so bringing her completely back in the mix with h2o and then flopping horribly with resurrection and then like all right you know what we're gonna bring her back again but we're gonna make her the fucking terminators number one nemesis sarah connor i just wasn't feeling it um if you can make that's why that before going back into 28 i'll try (laughs) i'm telling you man like the bathroom death scenes where he kills the two podcasters which by the way where are these podcasters getting bribe money that shit doesn't exist (laughs) yeah i just went as soon as they said they were podcasters i was like oh god i kind of forgot that little detail i'm surprised you latched onto that but I, dude, I latch onto the stupidest stuff. Like I, as, as soon as podcasters, yeah, as soon as it's like I said, I I tapped out of Doctor Sleep when I saw the main villain's hat. <laughs> like really, done. Maybe they should have said we're Twitch streamers, right? <laughs> yeah, then I would have been like, oh, okay, I get it. You're. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, speaking uh, of uh, Twitch streaming, why don't you go ahead and plug your your twitch stream yeah sure it's just something fun i started doing um i like to listen to albums in the morning and i would go on walks and just listen to records and then i would get on twitter and talk about them and i'm like why don't i just listen to them with fans and the people that i'm talking about them with and why don't we listen to them and talk about it at the same time and interact and yeah. So I thought kind of started with that idea. And then I'm like, well, I like to talk about movies and I like talking reviewing movies. So I could do that too. And I knew Twitch was more of like a gaming platform, but now it's becoming a lot more than that, especially because of COVID and a lot of band members and artists are taking to it to practice or write music or do sets. Um, and I'm like, well, that seems like a lot of fun too. Um, so I vary it up. I Every morning we listen to albums and then at night I do like little mini concerts. We talk about movies and I'll do covers. Sometimes I play guitar. A lot of times I sing and uh, it's just a lot of fun. It's a different community. It's a different type of social media that it's kind of indis- hard to describe until you jump in for a couple of days. And then once you're like in it for a couple of days and like, kind of understanding the streaming culture and understanding the community that's inside of it you understand like how fun it is and then i became from creator i started becoming fan 
like I jump into other rooms now and watch what other streamers are doing. And I'm like, oh shit, Gene Hoagland's in there. He's my fucking favorite drummer. Oh, cool. I jump into his room and he's playing, you know, death songs or playing. And I went in there and I'm like, hey, Gene, it's me, Mark. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> and I'm like, play Zeppelin, Fool in the Rain. You know, I'm like, I give him the hardest Zeppelin song ever to play besides Achilles' Last Stand. He fucking nails it. So, like, as a fan, I see it. Like, I see why fans would want to tune in to me. Because I'm now, as soon as I'm done, I jump on someone else's and I'm watching as a fan. And it's a right. different type of, I think it's the future of reality TV. Like, yeah. I think it's the next evolution, right? It's interactive reality TV. So whatever that person's reality is, whether they're gaming or in my instance, I might be listening to music or maybe I'm talking about some movies. Um, it's an interactive reality where every day we're just sitting there it's like a lot of the same people show up every day so you're starting to see you know familiar faces you know and um so i really enjoy the platform and it's uh again way out of my comfort zone and i like that i like being out of my comfort zone and jumping into new things that i am so uncomfortable with um practicing in front of people um that's how you grow you but now it's like now i'm practicing in front of people constantly so that's cool um and uh that's the type of stuff that makes it unique i think yeah well yeah chimera mark on there and hang out what's the link for that it's twitch it's twitch.tv backslash uh chimera underscore mark okay that's yeah, if you just type in yeah, C H I M C H I M N E Y. Is that chimney? I love that band. Yeah. Yeah, it's a chimera underscore mark. Correct. You got it. Yeah, what are you listening to these days? So uh every morning we've been I've been on this kick like I'm going A to Z through metal. So I'll pick a different artist and listen to like Monday through Friday eat an album a day so right now we're on the letter m and uh this week has been motley crew so we're we're jumping into their albums and deep diving with motley crew but we've also been throwing on a mashuga song every day for all the majority of the room that doesn't like motley crew (laughs) i'm the only one up there like yeah let's go to the strip club uh but yeah and actually the last two albums sucked like shout out the devil so far has just really been their most solid album uh but i know dr field is good's gonna hit it hit it out of the park tomorrow morning but other than that you know i just kind of go through these little journeys and rediscovering bands so a through z you know rock some chains rock some sabbath uh crowbar def leopard i'm kind of going all over the place but staying in metal this time cool yeah awesome man um so before I let you go, I, I would be I would kick myself if I didn't ask this question. So I've heard Rob Arnold mention a couple times on his channel, on his YouTube channel, which is fucking awesome, by the way. You know, said that COVID kind of threw a wrench in the the Chimera, like starting starting to do something again. Like, what are you guys planning on doing? And there is no plan, but uh, like you know, we new music. No, we sort of, sort of, we talk, but like everything just kind of gets, uh, something comes up to prevent any type of forward progress. So it's like, you know, it could be something as basic as like, oh, COVID's here. Oh, we should make some masks. That's a good idea. We can make <laughs> some extra money. Well, what do we release with the masks? What do you mean? Well, you, well we, we're not active, so we just sell masks. 
<laughs> well, maybe that that's true. Yeah, it'd probably be good if we had a new song. Well, we can't write a song because there's no studio. <laughs> that's kind of how our conversations happen. It's really a lot of nothing. Okay. Does that make sense? Like you start yeah, talking get- like, hey, man, yeah, well, shit. Well, now we can't do that because of this. Yeah, no, I get it, man. But I mean, there's at least, well, you guys are like talking and so that's good. And- Correct. I mean, it's 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 not it's not where it was maybe four or five years ago where doors are shut. There is no discussion at all, even sure. between, amongst each other. Um, so it's a completely different ball game in that retrospect. But uh you know, this year, definitely through even the thought of talking about it out the window. Mm. Okay. So what can you what can you even come up with? So like we're not active enough to be like doing live quarantine shows or we're not. You know what I mean? It's like we're kind of in this really gray area of being broken up, but yet. Leaving the door open. Yeah. Okay. It's well, open. Yeah. But we're just not in. Ah, it's not going into that room. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you have a house, you got the fucking office, it's uh-huh. open, but yeah, I ain't going in the office today. Yeah. I'm just going to ch- chill on the couch. I get it. It's well, kind of what it's been like. It's been, That's what it's been like for three years. Okay. And all you guys have like, you know, different careers now. Like you're doing photography, Jim's a barber. Correct. Yeah, exactly. Everybody's got different stuff. Obviously, Andal's health issue comes into play. So then we've been using Austin, but then Austin's always busy because he's in Devil Driver. And then it's like, well, we don't want to borrow a drummer. Yeah. And then it's like, well, we don't want to get a new drummer. It's like, fuck, I don't want to teach another person all of our songs. Like, you know, so you have to really just if they sound like stupid excuses, but like, man, it's it's a fucking business and there are logistics to business yeah. and our logistics just have not been working out in our favor for years. Yeah. And especially when you have like just new, just live shit, you know, like, yeah, we're older now. And that's the thing. It's like people are, as we age, you know, some people are like diehard musicians, like where they were born and made for the road. We're suburban kids that went out on tour. Yeah. I got you. You know what I mean? Like there's a different mentality there. I'm not a diehard road guy. I'm like, I like music. I I would, I'm a diehard studio guy. I could create all day. I don't want to be on the road all the time. So those types of things come out and you know, they start weighing on you and then you're like, well, now I've been home for a while and I'm actually making way more money at home than I did in the band. So right. That becomes a problem, you know? Yeah. Not just me. It could be someone else in the band, you know? Yeah. So like, say, by spring, we got COVID cure, whatever, like clubs are back open. Do you think you have it in you to be like, well, let's put a fucking a little tour run together, like maybe hit some hit some cities? Like, it's, been, it's been discussed and it's not that it's that we don't have the mentality or the 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 desire. And if it was a desire, it wouldn't be much more than like I couldn't see it being more than, two, you know, two weeks tops. Right. including practice time. <laughs> um, but uh, it, 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 like, again, there's, there are no, um, there are no hard no's right now, but there okay. are just no at this, you know, October 8th, 2020, uh, 2020 at one fifteen p- PM. There's not a single thing in motion. 
single thing. Gotcha. Well, speaking for myself, and um, I know a, a shit ton of Chimera fans out there, I would, I would so be down to. Yeah, I mean, drive uh, me, to go to that. Yeah, just don't yell at me. It's not me. It's it's just logistics and the timing oh, oh, of man. things. And uh, no, I know you aren't. I mean, like the fans, because oh. uh, <laughs> um, there, I was like, man, just get the band back together. You can do it. Just do it. It's that simple. It's that simple, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, not really. Um. <laughs> So, yeah, I get it. I mean, would I rather be up on a stage performing these songs than on my computer chair on Twitch? Let's be real. We know that answer. But at the same time, I'm grateful I can. I've found this medium in Twitch to be able to do that and at least give the fans some taste of it. And like you mentioned, Rob, as a YouTube channel, he tends to, to um, talk a lot about the band on there. So at least there's like something versus maybe in 2016, there was absolutely nothing. Yeah. And I got to say his channel, like hearing him like tell old stories and got me like going back and re-listening to all the albums and oh, cool. I'm like, shit, man. I Like Chimera was like such a huge part of my life. It's, and his channel kind of reinvigorated that. So great. It's cool, man. I, I feel like time's going to be very kind to Chimera. Like, yeah, that would be nice, you know, because, yeah, yeah. This, like, <laughs> like I know that underdogs, I think. Yeah, you guys have a lot of diehard fans, you know. We do. We 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 might be underdogs, but those underdog fans are rabid. You know, we are true yeah. Cleveland. We are true Cleveland. Right. Look at our sports teams. We are true yeah. Cleveland. You know, our fan, you're not a Browns fan unless you're a loser. <laughs> you're ready to be a loser and lose every game. <laughs> so that's how I feel like, you know, we got that Cleveland vibe, you know, get ready because it's going to feel like a loss for a long time. But, you know, you're with us and you're diehard and you don't care. You're just there for the fucking ride and yeah, there to support the band. So I, I, I appreciate that and I recognize it and I see it daily. I know it's there. Oh, yeah. All right, man. Well, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. I know you. Uh, yeah, so I got to bounce on another one here in a little bit, and yeah, get, get on with it well, for the day. Thank you so much for doing this. I would love to have you back on. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I appreciate your time as well. Yeah, and sorry I was running a little late this morning. Hey, no worries, man. All right, Mark. Um, thanks for joining, and thank you everybody for listening. All right, man. Well, good luck with everything, and we'll talk to you soon. Take it easy. There you have it, Mark from Chimera. Man, what a cool fucking dude. Very easy to talk to, real laid back. Man, thanks again, Mark, for doing the podcast. You're awesome. Everybody, go check out his Twitch channel. It's Chimera underscore Mark. And go listen to Chimera. They fucking kick ass. I suggest starting with, like, maybe Pass Out of Existence or The Impossibility of Reason. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Uh, I'm going to play out Army of Me by Chimera. This was the song that uh, I rode to uh, Wendy's with Jim and Andles. They could go get a five-piece and a Frosty that we were rocking out to. This is one of my favorite Chimera songs. And this is on the Freddy vs. Jason soundtrack. So, yeah, don't come after me, Roadrunner. But, hey, turn this shit up. This song fucking rules. All right, bye, everybody. Bye.